0: You can find it on Libro.fm, Apple Books, Google Play, Storytel, BookBeat, and on your favorite audiobooks app, also available in Spanish and French. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for.
1: But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect
2: role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: Hi, I'm Miha, or Binti in Arabic, and this podcast is about my family, those alive those long gone, and those still dreaming. Now, this is what you need to know about Giddu Merzu. First, Giddu means grandfather. He loves telling stories. He can sew and patch up anything. He's an attentive dad. He's always there to help you out. Merzu is my grandfather, Muna's dad. So here goes 10 minutes to tell his story. observe the insides of the ancient Egyptian pyramids is a gift, a blessing. Every person in the world should be able to do it at least once in their lives. Merzut does it for the first time when he's nine years old. Merzut and his dad travel from Alexandria to Cairo for just one night to see these marvels. It's the 1930s, a time when people could climb the pyramids if they wanted to. Yes, literally. But let's get back to Merzut, who's inside one of them, because what he sees there, well, it stays with him forever. The statue of the Egyptian god Horus with its giant falcon head. And beside it, he puts his little fingers over the carved shape of an eye. The eye of Horus, says the tour guide, gives protection anywhere it is found. Merzut runs his hands along the other images carved in the stone. They leave him stunned. Hieroglyphics. The writing system of ancient Egyptians. It is over 5,000 years old. Every hieroglyph is an image that represents an object or an idea. They end the tour and at the exit, Merzut gets on his knees and begs his dad to go to another pyramid, but they can't. They have to go back to Alexandria the following morning. On the way home, little Merzut thinks obsessively about the world he witnessed inside the pyramid. He starts drawing at night in his bedroom. He dreams himself in ancient Egypt. Like a pharaoh, Merzut plans battles to defend his land, communicates with the gods, and has tea with Tutankhamun, the young pharaoh who passed when he was only 19 years old. One night, not long after that, he has an idea. He takes one of his father's galabayas and starts drawing his vision of ancient Egyptian fashion and art. A galabeya, by the way, is a long tunic men use in Egypt. He draws and draws until his father comes home and finds him. Merzout is flustered. He snaps back into reality and realizes he just drew on his father's clothes. With tears in his eyes, he tries to explain. But his father is really excited. He scoops little Marzou up in his arms and says, (laughs) Wow, Marzou, you're an artist. But let me teach you something that will help you in life. So he starts teaching his son how to sew. Turns out, Marzou also has great talent for sewing, and he loves it. By the time he's 18... Merzu is known for his hieroglyphic designs on Galabeyas. Women from all over Alexandria stop by his home at Tiler. He measures them and creates magic. Merzu sells his creations with his father. Sometimes even foreigners would buy some of his designs. They would ooh and ah and speak in languages he didn't understand. One day, when he's 20, His father asks him to get a special fabric at a store a few kilometers outside of the city center. Marzu opens the door, goes in, and finds himself in paradise. But not because of the store and its beautiful fabrics, but because of a woman. A tall woman with beautiful, large, round eyes Eyes that automatically made him hear romantic Abdel Halim music in his mind. In his head, everything happens really quickly. Merzu imagines her in a golden dress sewn by him. She is a queen and he feels like a pharaoh. Together, they could build an entire world of their own. Suddenly, the woman approaches Merzu. He snaps out of it. Good afternoon, sir. She is Nubian from Aswan. That day, they get to know each other. She is shy, and her name is Arbab. He asks around about her. And he learns she's Bintil al-Giran, a neighbor's daughter. So Marzout's dream soon comes true. They get married right away. Both families, hers from Aswan and his from Alexandria, join. They build their world together, just like he dreamed. They move to a small house above the shop owned by Arbab's father, and there Arbab gives birth to two daughters, Muna and Na'ma. This is when Marzu finds a third passion besides sewing in ancient Egypt. Being a dad he loves spending every evening telling his daughters wonderful stories about ancient Egypt. About pharaohs, battles between gods, about how women could own their own businesses, be priestesses, doctors, have their own lands. Merzu wants his daughters to be like these grand women of ancient Egypt. That's why, as soon as he has the chance, he enrolls young Muna at school. Muna gets married after Na'mah, and Merzu and Arbab find themselves at home again alone with each other. But they still live near their daughters. Until Muna gets a job offer at the British Museum and decides to leave home for good. Every time his neighbors asked him about Muna and England, he insists that he rejects the choice that she made. He just can't believe she's going off to the land of their colonizer. They took their Rosetta Stone, after all. Though the ideal scenario is that she stays in Egypt, close to her community and her family, in his heart, Merzut secretly supports Muna's choice to honor their family and celebrate Egyptian culture abroad. He says to Muna behind closed doors, which means, I'm very proud of you. The day before Munna moves to London, Marzu gives her a stone with a big eye engraved on it. It's the Eye of Horace to protect Munna wherever she is, especially in the West. So when Munna leaves to London with Abdu, Marzu visits them frequently. He wants to make sure she doesn't get washed up into British culture. When he visits, he compels Abdo to keep the tradition of taking their shoes off before going inside their home, and reminds Mona to always pray. He brings incense and fills their London flat with the Quranic verses and Umm Kalsum, the superstar singer of the Arabic-speaking world. On many nights, marzu would make himself black tea, shey Iswid. He would sit in the living room with his two grandchildren, Omar and me, Binti, and he would tell us stories like the one you heard in El Bait.
0: <laughs>
1: Before going back to Egypt, Merzu promises his grandchildren that he'll keep telling them stories on the phone. In those calls, he realizes Omar enjoys his stories, but that he also has stories of his own to share. About hip-hop. As for me, I understood why Muna loves grandpa's tales so much. They're empowering stories of ancient Egyptian women being so dope. As years go by, Merzut starts to spend his days between his workshop and the telephone. He spends time sewing gifts for me and Omar, Gelebbeias for him and scarves for me, one for each year of my life. When I turned 18, I had 18 scarves from Merzu each with a hieroglyphic message on it. And, despite the distance between us, Merzut taught us to be brave and to never forget who we are, no matter where we go.
2: This podcast was produced by Studio Ochenta. Story by Rana Abdelhamid and Mona El-Bogdadi. Creative director and executive producer, Lori Martinez. Senior fiction producer, Maru Lombardo. Assistant producer, Zaina abuel Makarem. Associate producers, Rebecca Zaidel and Fadi Samitoson. Original theme song by Gabriel Dalmaso. Sound editors, Luis Raul Lopez-Levay and Maru Lombardo. Special thanks to Sadia Asmat and Alia Moro who advised us on the Arab Egyptian Londoner experience. In English, Miha was voiced by Rana Abdelhamid. Rana is also the founder and ED of a nonprofit organization called Malika, which runs self defense, financial literacy, and healing justice programs, building safety and power for women around the world. You can learn more and support their work at malika.org. Our graphic designer for this season was Sebastian Marquez, and our social media manager is Lisha Lopez. This podcast is available in English, Spanish, and Arabic. You can find episodes from every version plus full transcripts on occentastudio.com slash podcast. Follow us at mihapodcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time.